0: Off the Ball Daily, a home for your favourite
1: podcasts from Off the Ball. It's much easier to be a, a reasonable parent when it's sunny. Like, I don't care what anybody says, but if we lived in Australia,
0: I'd be super dad. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OtB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Some
1: of these critics, these pundits—I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from,
0: but they're a great bunch. But it's not acceptable. They'd like to be the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency. But they just dismiss you like, like you, you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion.
1: All right, twenty past nine. You heard it in the ads there. Well, welcome by the way. Good morning to you. He's there. He's there. We'll hear from him in a second. That clip that you heard was Will in uh, full technicolor and the latest episode of the Hurling Pod. Paul Murphy, James Cahill talking about uh, meeting the Pod cult hero Johnny Glynn at the Leinster final and how he's coming back to Ardran. So uh, hurling, it's anyone's game. Off the balls teamed up with the Senior Hurling Championship sponsored board Gosh Energy to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact hurling has had on people's lives. For full competition details, you can visit boardgoshenergy.ie/slash-bgejgaa. Well, good morning to you.
0: morning, lads. How are we?
1: Good. Did any more come at that Johnny Glynn story? Was that just like a bit of a... I'll lash that out there and see what happens.
0: A little bit. I mean, basically two cult heroes from the pod this week came up in prominence from Crow Park at the weekend. One being Johnny Glynn, who went in to watch Galway against Kilkenny, having played for New York against Carlo in the Talton Cup the day before. And it was one of those where the WhatsApp group was pinging all day because Murphy and Scale decided to go to the Leinster final together and then still come back and do the live pod afterwards. And first of all, I get a message from Murphy saying, you're not going to believe who we've bumped into. And there it is, the photo with Johnny Glynn. The lads are having a bit of a chat. And Skell's doing his best to try and convince him to come back and play for Galway. Now, if he is going to come back in two to three week periods to play for Aran, that is a massive boost for them, uh, for the Galway Club Championship, to have him coming back from New York. My understanding from the other conversations that happened with James Skell is that he's still going to be based in New York, but he wants to come back and play in this summer for club. And then they come to Toronto. He's done before, yeah, so, but it's a huge commitment to do that for your club. Then the guys bump into Showtime Murph, who's a regular contributor in the YouTube comments, and he pops over and buys them a pint in the Crow Park Hotel first. And then Mikey Butler, Paul Murphy's official favourite player ever, scores a remarkable goal in the Leinster final as well. So it was a day for cult heroes at Crow Park for the guys in the pod. And it meant that we had a sign that went up in the middle of our live podcast at the weekend, which said, I love Mikey Butler over the head of Paul Murphy. So he's officially confirmed uh, his love for a guy who has succeeded him as Kilkenny cornerback. Yeah,
1: he's a big hit, all right, with Kilkenny fans, it must be said. So let's get into it, Well, um, I was trying to tap you up for a bit of an insight last night but you were uh, keeping your cards very close
0: I tried to be cryptic otherwise you, you were not so give away cryptic, the whole conversation absolute first, professional
1: yeah. which, which I would totally expect from you go on bring us lead us on here
0: Well okay I imagine we want to start Towards the bottom Of the power rankings then So um, only three of the teams In the bottom half Have actually played Since we spoke last About the power rankings And Meade Have to be respected For what they've done this year A double winning Division 2A Of the National Hurling League And then completing The Christie Ring The week before last Uh, So they're up to 17th Kildare go down to 18th As you mentioned before Such a disappointment For Kildare With the way the summer went uh, Given that they got To the final In Division 2A Against Offaly Had played reasonably well In Portlaoise before that and you're thinking this is a good platform for them going into championship in the Joe McDonough but then they were relegated so they will go down to the Christie Ring uh, with Meath coming up to the Joe McDonough as Division 2B champions from this season as well so Meath up to 17 Kildare down to 18 down Kerry Leash haven't played since we spoke last Offley stay in the same position they were in 13th ahead of the Joe McDonough Cup final beaten by Carlo who are in 12th place so Carlo going up to the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship for next season your own West Meath going down Antrim going up as a result of their relegation on the final day of the Leinster Championship where they lost out to Antrim and they thought that Kilkenny were going to do them a favour against Wexford but Wexford surviving on the last day with that remarkable win, a dramatic win as well against Kilkenny and I know the Westmead players were huddled around at the end of the game because they finished 10 minutes uh, before the Wexford game due to the crowd congestion at Wexford Park and they really felt that Kilkenny had got a late goal but it was disallowed and in the end, Wexford stay in the Leinster Championship for next year. Westmead have to rebuild in the McDonough and they dropped down to eleventh place. So that explains the bottom half of the power rankings, lads. Any yeah. questions or points on that? No,
1: no, no, nothing to be said. It was a bizarre season for Westmeath, and uh, everything looked so <laughs> amazing at one point, and then it all went to the proverbial.
0: I'm just yeah. upset that the the Lory champions uh, aren't in it. Uh, the top 18 at the moment, Monaghan. I know I, I knew I knew you'd be fighting for that chance. Yeah, you see, Monaghan is, pro- is a I mean, dual, one of the dual county now. Will, in case you didn't didn't know. And I would encourage that entirely, by the way. And I'd encourage anyone to listen to Martin Fogarty, who spoke to us a few weeks ago about the development plan to try and get Hurling going in Ulster and maybe where that is at this point. But I made a kind of a clear outline about the way we were going to do this at the start, that basically you had to be in the top 18 to get onto the power rankings. I had a few Meade fans when they were going well in Division 2B, of the league saying, hey, where are we in the power rankings? I said, if you win Division 2B, you'll get into the top 18. That happened. They've now won the Christie ring and they're now up to the lofty height of 17th, mm-hmm. which I think is the highest we've ever had them in the earning power. It's fair, it's fair. I think I would,
1: the true spirit of the power rankings has to be that you can just do what the hell you want. Add in a team, sorry? will make, no, uh, make us do the anti-Seb bladder. Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, look, can we we it it here? place. If if Monaghan can get themselves up into the Joe McDonough or if they get into the top two flights in the league, I promise you, Shane, that we will have Monaghan inside the hurling power yeah, rankings that's a at
1: that point. Seá uh, Bracken has been in touch saying should be interesting where the chips fall now in the top six in the power rankings. Reckon they'll stay the same. Well, we shall. Uh, we shall get there. C. Bracken. you hold your hold your horses just a second. You can just throw up that last uh, screen that we were looking at there because I think it had yeah. So this takes us up to seven. Will, so there's a couple of changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Dublin are getting ready for a preliminary quarter final this weekend against Carlo, uh, So they're up to seventh place. I think Waterford, despite the fact that they beat Tipperary in the last round, uh, go down one place into eighth, their championship has come to an end. But maybe that is a morsel of comfort, the way that they played against Tipperary uh, when the shackles were off a little bit. I thought Waterford put in a very good performance, as disappointed as Tipperary will be to have not got through to the Munster final when it seemed that it was very much in their own hands. And I think most of us had written down that was going to be Tipperary against Clare ahead of the final round of fixtures for that Munster final. Um, I think Waterford have to drop down to eighth. Wexford preserved their position in ninth, given that they stayed up in the Leinster Championship at the end. Uh, what a rocky season, but a roller coaster end to it, beating Kilkenny to stay up on the final day. So, um, yeah, doubling into seventh. If you want to throw up the graphic from six up, this is where we go. C. Bracken will either be right or wrong.
1: Seabracken uh, is bang on the money. <laughs> it's uh, status quo, Will. You have bottled it, and refused to make any changes whatsoever.
0: (laughs) I would like to argue the reason for this is that the power rankings back at the third week of May were so well considered that they actually played out to be what happened afterwards. But the reality is that If in some of those games, even at the weekend just gone by, if Galway managed to defend their goal in the last play of the game, and like we talk about last gasp goals sometimes, and that often is defined as a goal that goes in, but there's still one more player, two more plays afterwards. This was literally the kind of Hollywood moment where Killian Buckley, who's never scored a championship goal in his life for Kilkenny at senior level, steps up, edge of the box, the ball comes back out from Park Manion's kick, Couldn't have landed to him any better. And even though it was one of the most streaky shots you'll ever see, it finds its way into the Galway net. Kilkenny do four in a row. Kilkenny have got a very direct path now to the All-Ireland final. And Galway have to go on a very, very difficult side of the draw. If that game had been blown up the play before, or if I don't know, Mannion had stood on the ball and TJ's free had been blocked in the line, it'd still Galway have gone. Would have went up in the power <laughs> rankings. No, no, they would have went up. They wouldn't be sitting in fifth place. But I think uh, you have to um, respect what Kilkenny have done by going four in a row by keeping them in third.
1: Talk to us about Galway because like they've come up short in the championship against uh, championship against Kilkenny in the Leinster final. They Limerick and obviously in the semis they did beat Clare in the league, but again lost against some of the bigger teams. Limerick and Cork and came up um, uh, came up short there. Do, like. There's an expectation obviously with Galway that they're in the top two, three teams in the country but are they starting to have enough of a bank of results bad results against the bigger teams to suggest that there's something amiss here?
0: Look, I think they generally mix it very well, actually, with the best teams in the country. And that's why I'm intrigued to see Galway against almost certainly Tipperary in the quarterfinals and then potentially if they were to overcome Tip to play Limerick in a semifinal. Because I think Galway is a tricky matchup for Limerick if that does turn out to be a meeting in the last four. But you can't help but be a little bit worried about the inconsistency about Galway so far this season where they will put in very good periods within games I'm thinking back to the Galway game at Nolan Park particularly when Brian Kincannon was doing untold damage within that game the second half after they'd been so poor and went 12 points behind against Dublin at Crow Park and then played really well in the second half they played well in stages of that Leinster final it was a Leinster final that really came to life I think in the last 10 or 15 minutes there was definitely a feeling in the first half especially when we watched the Munster final which had a huge intensity about it as much as own Cody said there's plenty of hurling in Leinster when he went up to collect the cup at the end he is is correct in that but the first half kind of maybe lacked that cut and thrust that we'd seen in the Munster final but they went hammer and thongs in the last 15-20 minutes and Galway showed that they're right up there with Kenny. they obviously drew in the uh, group stages of the championship as well so when Galway are on it Galway are right up there with the very very top teams it's just this year I don't think we've quite seen them come to form and they will have to be at their very best if they're to win their next couple of games uh, to get to an All-Ireland final. The difference could be huge between that goal going in. like Quite aside from the Bob O'Keefe going back to Kilkenny, the big difference here is that Galway's path to the final is now incredibly difficult if they have to beat Tipperary and Limerick just to get to an All-Ireland final, compared to being on the other side with four weeks off. There is plenty of hurling in, in Leinster's own Cody says, Will. Um, am I right in saying you're putting more of a weight on the Munster Championship, given there could be an argument to swap Tipperary and Galway in fourth and fifth? Um, I guess you're waiting and you know see what happens in that uh, expected quarter final between Galway and Tip, but could there have been, have been an argument to have Galway up in fourth? Yeah, look, there is definitely an argument for it. I I kind of understand where Jackie Tyrrell is coming from. He said earlier this week that he thinks Tipperary are probably the team to watch from here on out as even, you know, outsiders to lift the McCarthy, whatever, about uh, getting into an All-Ireland semi-final when they take on Galway in a couple of weeks' time. So I think Tipperary did very, very little wrong in the Munster Championship. They were good throughout the league as well. And then the Waterford performance was the one that let them down. I look at the team that they've named this morning ahead of the Offaly game tomorrow, They're going strong. Jason Ford is back in the team. Big boost for them to have Garota Connor back fit enough to be on the bench. Uh, they look like they've got that bit of depth about them in their panel uh, which maybe they didn't have a few weeks ago with the injuries that they'd picked up and I believe there's a massive Tipperary support going to Tullamore tomorrow afternoon a county board official told me on Wednesday evening that almost 7,000 tickets have been sold the vast vast majority of them for Tipperary supporters so it's going to feel like a Tipperary home game uh, tomorrow I think it's very difficult for the teams who lose the Joe McDonough final to be motivated going into the All-Ireland Primary quarterfinal Um, it feels inevitable they will remove that from uh, the championship in the coming years as well that a team stays on to train for an additional three weeks after they've lost the biggest game of their season uh, to be rolled out against a top county and generally I mean we've only had one uh, team defeated so far in the preliminary quarterfinals that uh, came out of the all-ireland series and that's when dublin lost against leash in 2019 so uh, tipperary should be able to work the waterford performance out of their system uh, tomorrow afternoon in tullamore and then they can get ready to play against Galway. Venue TBC. Quite a few people have DM'd me to say, where do you think the uh, quarterfinals are likely to be? And there's lots of speculation about Porky Cueve. If Tipperary involved, it won't be a doubleheader at Thurles. Thurles would seem the obvious place to host them if Tipperary aren't involved. But I would expect the Tipperary would beat Offaly. And then you're looking at maybe quarterfinals in different venues or potentially even uh, both of them being a Porky Cueve.
1: Very finally, very briefly, the top two I think there'll be a lot of Clare fans obviously very disappointed after the weekend uh, we were at, You were asked a question about the Leinster final earlier on so I'll go with that. If they had a squeak through, would you have changed that order or still believe that that would have stood through?
0: Oh, it'd have to be tempting wouldn't it? Because the All-Ireland Champions have never been beaten twice in the year afterwards and then gone on to retain their crown. So it uh, would have put Limerick into a, a sticky enough position if they'd lost against Clare at home. Would you have changed it? The championship? Um, I think I would have been very tempted to yeah. Would you have changed it? He, he, he well, I think I probably with would. He I like, would, he I like would. what you're dealing me towards here, where it's like you know, would you have changed it? Uh,
1: well, know. I'm giving, I'm getting a lot of political uh, responses here. Will. I want, let's give let's barricade the push juice. Them here. I
0: oh, know, I I think yeah, I think Claire probably would have went top of the power rankings actually if they'd won because if you go to the Gaelic grounds twice in the one year and beat the All-Ireland Champions, the best team that we've seen over the last five seasons, uh, you'd have to respect Clare doing that. And look, realistically, they probably should have won it, quite aside from the free that they should have had. They should have had two frees in the closing stages of the game, which would have sent it extra time. Clare would be left to bemoan the wides that they hit during the game as well. Clare had every chance of uh, turning over Limerick again. The question now is, Limerick, who've been top of the power rankings throughout the entire year, Will they kick on and maybe come up a couple of other gears as they go into a semi-final now after a break? Because keen Lynch has got a bit of extra time for his hamstring to get right. We'll see if Garrod Hegarty hits a little bit more form Aaron Galan is now playing in incredible form, scored 111 at the weekend, uh, which was crucial for Limerick. And I heard Kieran Carey say yesterday he reckons Limerick are operating at about 50%. It's scary if they could add an extra 50% onto what they're doing now because the record in finals, Adrian, is disgustingly good. They've played 12 finals under John Kiley. They've won all 12 of them. So generally when Limerick gets to the business end of a championship, uh, they have what it takes to turn that into silverware. But Clare have got every reason to think that they are still major contenders in this championship. Obviously, that's why they're sitting in second place. Mm. You would think that Clare will beat Dublin or Carlow in the quarterfinals. And then they'll play Kilkenny, which is an opportunity for a measure of revenge. Because Clare will be so disappointed with the way they performed at Crow Park in that semi-final last year. And they would love, I would say, to reset a trilogy fight against Limerick in the All-Ireland Final at the end of July.
1: Nice one, Will. Fair play. Thank you. Here's
0: lads. Talk Power to you soon.
1: Power rankings. <laughs>
0: I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch when it's not acceptable.